to, or welcome if it's your first time, to The Daily Topic, where we talk about a topic then ask someone questions that have a 50% chance of being relevant. I'm Sam. And I'm Will. Today we're talking about One Hat Chains Museum. Now, let's eat knowledge. I'd, r- I'd rather donuts. So, first off, World War II. What did New Zealand do during this argument about land, Will? Oh, he's still Googling an article. No, it's fine. I found one. Okay, go. Something New Zealand did during the Second World War was in October 1939, the government allowed a group of Maori soldiers to enlist and so was born the Maori Battalion. In 1941, they landed in Greece and performed Amin as Haka for, well, the King of Greece. And finally, they fought at the Battle of Olympus Pass. Yeah, that's a good name for a final boss. They then travelled to Egypt and fought at Minkok Wave. Oh, and one last thing for the Maori Battalion. A general with the name Timonunuya Kiwa Narimu got the best award a soldier could ever get. The Victoria's Cross. They also won the battle at the camp, but I checked and it wasn't the closed door, so I decided we didn't really need to bother mentioning that. Okay, so now we'll be talking about the attacks on Gallipoli, now known as Turkey. So on the 25th of April 1915, many New Zealanders and Australians stormed Gallipoli. These brave soldiers were members of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, or more commonly known as ANZAC. Okay, so weird little fact, uh, the first person to die at Gallipoli was someone called Arthur Adams. He was one of the 2,000 people to die on just the first day. The Ottomans who were defending Gallipoli held their position strongly and killed many soldiers who tried to get up the beach. At first, the attack seemed to be going well, by war standards anyway, but eventually everything kind of slowed down to a halt. It's not that they stopped fighting, per se. The problem was they kept fighting. They were constantly firing at each other until none of the two sides could make any ground. And so they eventually came to a standstill, and it stayed like that for pretty much the whole time. Which is why, months later, in early May, about 2,000 Anzac troops were sent round for a place called Hellas to try and master flank the Ottomans and defeat them in a pincer movement. But the place may as well have been called Hell. We can't really say that, can we? Nope. Uh, H-E double hockey sticks for the Anzacs because 3,000 Ottoman troops were ready and waiting. To put it bluntly, it was an onslaught. Onslaught. Anzac and Britain got outsmarted. Yep, 800 people died, about 200 badly injured, and after one final desperate offensive, Britain and Zach decided to cut their losses and leave. So now we'll be talking about how war changed New Zealand, New Zealand, as in its economic changes and population changes. During the war, many restaurants and bars received quite the boost, as more people were coming in for a little bit of food or a simple milkshake which at the time was luxury. Dry cleaners also received quite a boost because many people were coming to get their clothes cleaned because no one likes dirty clothes, obviously. (coughs) (coughs) Dirt. (coughs) New Zealand also had a fair bit of money since they're trading food with America for those coveted coins. And America needed food because, like, who did? I mean, come on, take a guess. If you said New Zealand, you're right, since New Zealand was also a major food base during the war because of all our farmland, meaning they got more food than our cities like London, which suffered a lot during the war. Also, did you know that during the war, Auckland was the capital of New Zealand? (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually 
So yeah, New Zealand was practically partying through the war and 100% no rising suspicions that Japan was going to attack us. But that didn't happen, so we all lived happily ever after. <coughs> Except for, you know, the whole kind of war thing. Yeah, that was, that was pretty average, wasn't it? Okay, and now we thank, drumroll please, Sergeant Matthews for coming out and answering some of our very valid and relevant questions. Okay, so quick note before we read this out. Um, well, yeah, we're going to read it out because we couldn't get anything. We couldn't find any audio and we didn't know if he was comfortable with it or not. Hello, my name is Sergeant Matthews. I'm a staff sergeant in the New Zealand Army and I have been... Oh, and I have been for 20 years. I'm part of the Bikoi 2 over 4 RNZIR, I'm your reserves unit, and his grandfather served in World War II in the campaign where we thought Japan was definitely not going to attack us, and his dad was part of the territorials in the 1970s. According to him, the training in the army was both mentally and physically challenging, but it has helped me build resilience and strong team bonds. The training has given me transferable skills such as how to manage people and resources as well as building leadership and teams. Uh, so it turns out, okay, we asked him what a day in the army's like and it can vary apparently depending on what you do. As a rifleman, you could be going for, to physical training in the morning followed by admin work and then spending the afternoon in the rifle range qualifying on various weapon systems and enhancing skills. Training can also include tactics and how to, you know, operate as a team, be good together. I have been able to deploy overseas in a training role. Okay, so he was able to go overseas for a bit. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? So thanks to Sergeant Matthews for coming in and giving us an interesting perspective of what it's like to be in the army. So for the future of war, well, there isn't really a lot. If there is a World War Three, Aussie, it's probably just going to be countries throwing nukes at each other. Yeah, nuclear power is a big thing for the future, except for New Zealand, because it's nuclear-free. Power is also a big thing for America and Russia, which if you add both the amount of nukes they have together, they have a total of 12,200 nukes. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. People, invest in panic bunkers. Yeah, because, you know, if, go- if there is another war, it's probably just going to be people throwing nukes like the rugby balls. Yeah, luckily we have some good technology to protect us. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Topic. I hope you enjoyed your meal of knowledge. I look forward to you listening to our next podcast. Another podcast. Well, we never talked about this. Sorry, it's in the contract. I, no, what contracts? What contract did you make me sign? Name it. No. <laughs> Goodbye.